Hello everyone, I am Matthew Thomas, and people should be with, familiar with my guest at this time. He is the lead vocalist of Praise the Fallen, lead vocalist of Arson Radio, has his own solo material as a friend of Super Cool Radio, and myself, Jamie Bostel. What's up, everybody? And a little bit of background about this interview. So we actually did an interview the day before, but <laughs> didn't work out. So I'm actually currently in Jamie Bostel's house doing this really cool interview. Thank you for having me over. No problem, man. And I know our last interview, we actually touched about, you know, Praise the Fallen a little bit. But I want to do a little bit of deeper dive into that. Uh, how did the current lineup come together, and how was the name Praise the Fallen chosen? Well, I won't go as long as I did. Um, That's fine. Basically, we found Kenny, uh, Kenneth Jones, drummer. We found him on band mix. Uh, we did it right this time. We actually had auditions rather than just grabbing people and throwing them in the mix. Andy, I discovered at Open Jam. Uh, I saw him play. He was uh, playing on stage by himself. Actually, he played with KJ Hammerstein on drums. He was just jamming Open Jam, and I saw some star quality in Andy. I knew he was a good player, and he played like he was in front of 10,000 people at this Open Jam, and we're like in front of 10 people. Uh, and he just killed it, and I was like, I want that guy in my band. <laughs> so I, I asked him. I um, Met him, met him uh, for a beer and talked to him, told him what, you know, what I needed. And he said he was down and everything's been great. We get along really good. Everybody gets along really good. And the music is, it's a lot easier to make music when you get along with everybody. Yeah, for sure. And you know, speaking of music, I remember, you know, last time we talked, you were uh, working on releasing some new music for Praise the Fallen. Any updates on that? We just talked actually last night. I asked the guys when they want to go to the studio actually after I talked to you. And they said uh, probably July. We've got one date in July, a possible date, depending on this COVID thing. Yeah. Um, if the date's uh, canceled or whatever, we're probably going to take the whole month of July and we're going to record three songs. Um, we're already putting out an EP. It possibly will be here by Saturday. I'm hoping. I don't know. Kenny ordered it, we got 300 copies coming, and we were just informed by Larry that I guess we're allowed to sell merch, so we're going to bring it probably, if we have any. I'm, I'm looking forward Five to it. Five song EP, Emotions and Gear, uh, Falling, Carpe DM, uh, Perfect, and uh, Hollywood are all on that. Yeah, and, and uh, I think you, a, couple, uh, like a month or so ago, you sent me over that EP, and it's some good stuff, man. Thanks, man. I, I really did. You know, Hollywood. Um, I like it because it's kind of like a, like a, almost like a pop rock throwback almost. Yeah, a lot of bands are doing metal and stuff, and we got some surprises. We got some stuff we're coming out with. Andy's a shredder, you know, and uh, he wanted to shred on some some stuff, and he's got some stuff written where I'm not gonna play guitar and I'm just gonna sing on it, and we're gonna bring out the metal and praise the fallen. So probably on the newer stuff. Right on. Anything I write is a little more simpler because I sing and play at the same time. I'm not a shredder. Yeah. I use a guitar as a tool to write songs. I'm not even really that great of a guitar player. I just do what I do. You know, I love what I do. Yeah, and um, so like, where do you guys record for like the Praise of Fallen? Is there a studio go to? Is it you know? We went to the same studio that uh, Fifth and Sick went to, um, called the Nook, out there, and uh, it's in Illinois. I can't remember the name of the town. Um, but actually, I had heard about the Nook in 2013. I heard about this place, and I, I wanted to go there 
in 2016 when I had my lineup uh, then, but we chose to go to Tim Bushong in uh, North Webster. Okay, he's yep. very, I don't know if you know who that is, he's a very highly respected name, yeah. uh, engineer and producer. And I'd like to actually do uh, maybe some of the newer Praise the Fallen stuff there again. I, li I love Tim, he's a great guy. Uh, we love Nick too. Nick's awesome to work with. He actually, Nick actually mixed and mastered my single uh, for my solo stuff, "The Sick of This Song," that I just had done. Yeah, that's that's a killer single. Thanks, man. Just every, every the whole the whole mixing is it's very well done. Yeah, I did it right here. I showed you the studio, yep. like a bedroom studio, and then uh, <laughs> I just sent it to Nick, and you know he beefs it up so. Yeah, definitely killer. Uh, actually, I want, to, I want to go back to this real quick because I remember from our interview yesterday, uh, it was a very interesting answer. So uh, the name Praise the Fallen, you didn't actually come up with that name. I didn't come up with the name, no. I mean, I have no problem. I'm, I'm not, like, against telling anybody that uh, when I started this band, I started with just a drummer. It was a friend of mine, and he came up with the name. Uh, but I came up with the, the meaning behind the name. You know, a lot of people thought, well, it must be about the military or it's not about the military or anything it's about pretty much praising praising those that are weak rather than kicking them when they're down you know uh we need to do that more you know? for sure especially right now yep you know so it fits you know we want to you know after what i i've been through a lot myself and i still choose to not go the dark path and i choose to turn the ugliness into positivity and inspire people you know that's what i choose to do with my energy so yeah and your music you know from you know all, all the music you cover and or you're with that um it's a nice um positive boost especially Thanks. i mean especially for 2020 that's been <laughs> more on the darker side it's nice to hear some more positive and uplifting yeah i i had done dark music man i did i did the metal stuff i did all the stuff a lot of the stuff that i'm hearing bands come out with now the younger bands and stuff they're angry you know yeah you know i was angry too at one time i had my reasons but then i had certain situations show me that my life wasn't so bad and i chose to turn turn things around turn my music around um there's a lot more negative people in the world than there are positive people i learned that though and i i felt when i was doing the darker stuff i don't know man something hit me after these situations i had a friend that was murdered my ex-girlfriend had uh, died of breast cancer um we were still friends yeah. and i just had some bad situations that all happened actually all in one year Wow. Yeah, the same, all, all, like within within a six-month span. Had a friend of mine in a car accident. Um, my father died. I never got to know him. Um, I had a bunch of situations happen where I just realized, you know, my life ain't so bad, man. I was like, you know, here I am standing up here preaching this darkness and anger. And, and I was like, man, I really don't feel this way. I really don't feel that mad anymore. I just, I don't know. You can only climb that mountain so long fueled by that eventually you run out of energy you know i'm not saying i can't write a pissed off song now you know i can but you know it was my forte i did it for a long time you know and i just said no i don't want to do this i still want to rock i want to i want to write some energetic stuff that's positive and inspiring and i think i've done that with most of the praise of fallen stuff yeah at least you know the, the music i've heard and especially i think with your you know, new stuff coming out I think it's definitely um, it's definitely positive and um, it's it's not 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 dark even though like you could you know you could take that turn but you didn't 
Uh, or you, you turned away yeah. from that. There we go. Turn, turned are, away from that. There are three Praise of Fallen albums out there. I don't, I don't know if you know that. I did, no, I don't, mm-hmm. actually. We have three albums out there streaming. We have the album... First, This band first got together. It was a drummer, guitar player, and me. And uh, a guy discovered me at the Phoenix just playing open mic, acoustic, playing these songs that I wanted to do. I was in the band Signal at the time. We were, I don't know if you ever heard of us. I know. Your friend that you work with, he knew Signal. Okay. Um, uh, he, uh, but Signal was sponsored by Jägermeister. I opened for Stain and Three Days Grace with that band. I did some great things. We were almost, we were almost signed. We had, we had some things fall apart. We just, you know, we just grew apart, man. Things change, people change, situations happen, whatever, you know. And uh, what happened with John Stir from Lillian Axe? He was in Lillian Axe at one time. He discovered me at Open Jam, and he liked the songs I was writing, and he wanted to help me. I actually asked him, I go, do you want to just help me in the studio record these songs? I just really want to put them out and hear what they're going to sound like. And he was like, fuck that. He goes, we're going to do a record. And I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, I knew at the time it was probably going to upset my band that I was in, but I wasn't out to do that. I was going a different direction. I was writing more more commercial, more pop rock stuff at the time. I mean, the sky, I, I was, like I said, I was doing all that dark metal stuff in Signal, but then there was the other side of me. I was writing all these, I was writing about 15 songs a week. Wow. You know, sitting around. It was when the economy crashed and I was writing these songs and John discovered me Open Jam and he was like, and I just played acoustic guitar with a drummer at the Phoenix open mic one night. And this dude walks in you know, looked like, you know, he was older, he had long blonde hair, you know, my drummer's jaw dropped, he's like, you know who that is? I was like, no, dude, just, you know, another guy come up, me and open jam saying, I can help you out, you know, okay, I got a studio in my basement, you want to see, you know, but no, it was John Stir from Lillian X, who was actually signed to MCA Records, late 80s, they were on MTV, Headbangers Ball, all that, um, he actually lived with me for a while, and, uh, we, we did, man, I'll never forget it. It was, the reason why I bring it up, I, I want people to know, you know, I'm very, very uh, appreciative that he came along in my life because I wouldn't have the confidence to do what I'm doing now if I wouldn't have met him. You know, I was very, I don't know how to, I was insecure about my guitar playing and that. I never thought I was good enough. My songs were, you know, I had several bands, you know, well, one band, Den on Sunday, those guys did the music I wrote and stuff. But a lot of bands after that kind of just pushed my songs off. Where it's like, yeah, it wasn't that they didn't think they were good. They were just like, we're focused on this. You know, it's like, so yeah. I, I had all this material that I wrote through the years piling up. And of course, I'm, in my head, I'm like, what if, man? What if one of those songs out of the 50 I got is the hit that could change my life you know yeah and i had to take the chance and i was when when john came along he was like i want to make a record with you we spent man eight weeks in a little ass i don't know if you know the houses here in south bend like all over on portage avenue nope you know how small those bedrooms are yeah we had a full band practicing and we practiced Jeez. for like three weeks every day for like four hours every day to work on the first record that Praise and Fallen put out. Wow. Yeah, it was the drummer, me, 
Uh, actually, I want to give credit to a guy named Matt Waterman out there. They call him Matt Black. He's Matt Black on uh, Facebook. Um, Matt Waterman actually played bass for us. Uh, we had we had a few bass players. Matt played with us. Billy Ziegler played bass for us. We went through some bass players. <laughs> bass players, man. I don't know. Steven, all in praise of Colin, is stood, stood by my side. I give him that, you know. But bass players, man. I, you know, and I love my boy Sean Little. Sean Little played with us too. He plays in a cover band called the Roosters. Sean actually moved to uh, Milwaukee at the time, and that's how Steven became the bass player for us. But I'm going all over the place, man. <laughs> You're good. Now, there's some bit I do want to talk about. Praise the Fallen, you guys will perform this Saturday at the Smokestack Brew for Rock to the Pantry. How does it feel to be back uh, performing on stage? It's their first show back. I'm stoked, man. It's where I belong, you know. I've, I've felt naked for naked for the last three months. It's, it's just not right, man. <laughs> it's, it's been rough, man. I mean, it has been concerts. You, you can't get a haircut. You can't go out. And... That's why I just dove into uh, recording. Because I was like, I'm going to be creative one way or another. Yeah. I, I, I I am a performer. I'm a, I've am been a performer since I was eight years old. Um, well, actually, I should say, yeah, middle school. Because it all started with, you know, and some people don't think about this. Some musicians out there that were in band or whatever, you don't think about this. But you started performing and traveling then. So you're used to that. And <clears throat> that's why I'm so regimented about rehearsal, too. It's because I got so we were marching band, the marching band all summer. You were rehearsing, you know, yeah. to get your show together. You know, it's no different than be, being in a rock band. You do the same thing, you know. But no, man, I, you know, it's a big part of me, and uh, I have realized. I mean, I had told you <clears throat> that I didn't see my guys for a while, you know, and. We got so used to being with each other every week. I mean, this band's been together for, now this lineup's been together almost two years, you know, and we're used to seeing each other every week. Suddenly, every the whole world stopped, you know, and it was like, man, I, I miss my people, you know, I miss my boys, yeah. you know, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm stoked about playing and we're gonna kill it. Uh, that's something to look forward to this Saturday for Rock the Pantry at Smokestack Brew. You guys take stage 5 p.m. And uh, so, like, since this is your first show back, how has it been uh, practicing in quarantine since you guys, you know, as you said, haven't been able to physically meet together? Going well, great. We pre like I said, I did a lot of writing. <clears throat> I always write. All I do is music, man. Some people have hobbies. They do fishing. They do all these other things. All I do is music. That's it. It's all I do. If I'm reading something, it's about music. If I'm studying something, it's about music or the music business. Or I'm always reaching out, talking to people in the industry and uh, in people in bands. I'm always trying to be, I, I just want to be remembered as a people person. I want people, when I pass on, people go, man, that, that dude reached out to people across the country. I mean, I do, I talk to everybody all over and that's what kept me going. You know, some people, you know, I, I actually watched a video today. Well, I didn't watch a video, I listened to, uh, I told you about Sully, Godsmack yep. has a thing. Did you watch it? I haven't yet. He just today. did one with Aaron Lewis that was awesome. You know, but what's cool about that, <clears throat> there was a lot of uh, national artists just being, you got to see just the regular side of them, 
you know, through this. I mean, some of them are complaining, going, man, I missed the stage. I'm like, dude, I'd love to be playing as many shows as you are. I really would. I want that to be my life, you know. I, my goal, <clears throat> I ain't gonna lie, no puns about it, man. My goal has always been, been to be a national artist. You know, I, I started, I had a band called Blind Spot in Chicago where I wanted to, I would go to any, any length to find the right musicians to make a national band. Something professional, something that you can put on stage and be proud of, you know. Yeah, for sure. And I did that. I drove to Chicago for three years for Blind Spot from here <laughs> wow. every weekend after working in a trailer factory all day. <clears throat> Yeah, that's that's definitely dedication to what to what you want to do. Actually, I heard a blind spot. Or I'm just nuts. <laughs> well, I, I, well, I mean, it could go both ways. <laughs> oh, I had I had good times in Chicago. I learned a lot out there. I learned, uh, you know, what pro was. I learned what pro wasn't too. You know, uh, I've learned a lot through the years uh, as far as like the industry and people and. You know, I've met a lot of, of good people. I've met a lot of bad people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's, that's just I am off the subject, but yeah. No, man, you're good. I'm, I'm, I'm just talking to you. I feel like the questions, it's cool, you know, but I think it's cool to let people know me too. Oh, no, for um, sure. But as far as playing at the Smokestack, I think it's cool that Smokestack is going to have nationals because we had Club Fever. I don't know if you were around when Club Fever was I here. Was, I was a little bit younger, but I heard about it. But I never, I was never able. I was not old enough to go. Well, kind of, kind of what happened? Club Fever, man. They had a lot of nationals. I, I, you know, I, I you know, it's close to my heart because I opened for probably fifteen nationals at Club Fever myself. You know, and I, you know, I had the in there, and it was awesome. You know, opened for many nationals there. But it seemed like after Club Fever dot after Club Fever closed. There was no yeah. Where do you go? No nationals coming except yeah. for the growl. Yeah, you know? or the Morris, but yeah. You know? But yeah, dude, the Morris. Yeah. You know, as far as like local bands trying to get on a national show, yeah, it's I'd not. love to get in the Morris. That'd be awesome. Yeah, but you it's know? not. You know, it's kind of hard though. Yeah, you gotta you gotta know somebody. And or... it's expensive for tickets to see any band at the Morris. You know, yeah. I think uh, what Kevin James is doing at Smokesack is smart. He's making it affordable, and I think it's what I really think is awesome, and I hope people are listening out there, and I had this idea a while ago, original bands opening for cover bands. Yeah, that's that's exactly what's happening on Saturday. Well, I was around in the 90s when original bands played covers, too. So, you yeah, know, not, not many, you know, I was in bands do, yeah. where we played originals and covers, you know, Yeah. and... I don't understand the segregation. You know, it's all music. Yes, there is some music that you can't dance to. Some of that, you know, no offense to the metal guys out there, the death metal and stuff like that. I like that stuff too. But that's for fighting. <laughs> yeah, mosh pit. It's for drinking and fighting and moshing. You know, it's not for dancing, you know. You know, people are bringing their lady out and stuff. They don't want to, you know. But uh, there are some bands out there they write some good music that you can actually dance to. We actually have some songs you can dance to. We actually have, like I said, we've got that. That was when I got the idea to do the pop stuff. 
you know, the pop element. Not pop like Bruno Mars or anything, <laughs> but, you know, more like the Foo Fighters or stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, the you more know, pop the rock side. To show, to show a versatile side. And what what's great about Andy, our guitar player, he's not closed-minded to that. He's not like, no, I'm just a metal guitar player. I just want to shred. You know, he's very open-minded. That, that dude is great. You know, I'd love it if you interviewed him, too. It'd be awesome. Hey. hey. I'm open to interview you know anybody, you know just like you know I I'm the host for Saturday. You interview the whole band. Yeah, actually. Let's, you know. Yeah, let's set that up sometime. You know, I'm I'm the host for Saturday, so I I'm either gonna nail it or I'm gonna blow it. So we make sure to show up right here. You just show up at a rehearsal. All right, we yeah. Practice on Wednesdays here in my right. house downstairs. Yeah, no, I'm I'm totally for that, man. Yeah. You should do it. It'd be nice up. to meet the whole band. You know, I'm going to see them Saturday, obviously, but yeah. Yeah, we can set it up Saturday and let people know or whatever. But I know we got off the subject. But oh, hey, hey, it's an open interview. We're hungry, man. man. We're, we're looking forward to the stage. We don't have a lot of shows this summer because COVID kind of, you know, stabbed us, you know. I actually hit up Anthony over at, uh, for the Hobart Art Theater today, and uh, he's uh, looking to get us rescheduled there. Um we, like I said, we might have Custer Fair July 25th in Illinois. Uh, we have, I actually had uh, the back bar in Janesville, Wisconsin, yep, Wisconsin yeah. hit me up and ask me. Uh, I sent them an email like <laughs> like three months ago. You know, I sent, I sent yeah. them Hollywood, I sent them a professional email, you know, wanting to get in the venue. It was right before COVID. And the dude hit me up. He goes, yeah. He goes, once this shit's over, you guys sound great. I want to get you guys in here. So PTF's going to be traveling here again soon. And right I on. am stoked. Yeah, I, yeah, I've actually heard of the back bar. You know, a lot of the, I've heard of bands playing at the back bar. I know um, if you know Elsie Banks, they did a live uh, perform. You know, they did a live song for um, from the back bar. I just did a song with uh, guitar player from Elsie Banks and Brian Knickerbocker. I don't know if you know who that is. Yeah, yeah. Diecast Romance, I guess is his project. He had me, uh, they wrote a little punk song, and I, I, uh, he sent me the music, and I wrote vocals, and I did it right there in that room. Nice. And I sent it to him, and he's getting it professionally done, and he says he's going to push it to a couple radio stations in Grand Rapids, I guess. So, you know, I'll help out anybody who's professional and who's kind. Yeah, and... Hey, I mean, it, there's no uh, no point in trying to help someone out who's just a jerk. So I've worked with assholes. Trust me, I won't name them. <laughs> That's probably for the best. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, I actually want to talk about it. It's, uh, it was a really cool um, collaboration you had for uh, Arson Radio. It was you and Jamie Dyer. Um, yeah. What's uh, what's kind of the future plans for Arson Radio? You know, we had a band. Jamie and I had a band in 2011, and man, you know, the band was awesome. But we had the same problem. We couldn't keep a bass player and we couldn't keep a drummer. We kept running into that, running into that. Um, we finally had a drummer um, and I don't know. It was also a very rough time. We put that band together in 2011 and it was just the beginning of the economy. The economy actually crashed in 08, but we still felt the repercussions. Many years, yeah. 2011 was a rough year for me personally. Um, I lost my home, lost my car. I was living, I was living in my mom's basement, man, in North Judson, Indiana, in the middle of fucking nowhere, you know. And nobody knew me out there, you know. And it was no fun. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound like it. You know, you know. 
Yeah, they say they say it in God's country, but I understand why they say that. They say country is God's country because it's a place for you to reflect. Reflect on what you're going to be and who you were, you know, and what you want to change. And that's what that situation did for me. That's when I started going to Chicago. I was planning on just bailing on this area. I was, uh, I was kind of bullied around here and stuff for a minute. And I bailed in this area and I went to Chicago and I was like, I'm gonna start a band in Chicago. I want professional people that want to do this. I don't want people to think I'm a joke, you know? So I, I went to Chicago three years, man. I drove, uh, ended up, well, I started out there and I was living in North Judson, driving out there every weekend, started Blind Spot, then I ended up getting a job out here. <laughs> the next thing you know, I'm dragging Blind Spot out this way you know, and there were times where a couple members in Blind Spot didn't have cars, and I was driving to Chicago, picking them up, getting equipment, driving back here, doing shows, driving back to Chicago, dropping them off, staying the night, and driving all the way back. Dang. I don't know a lot of people that would do that. But, yeah. off the subject, Arson Radio, <laughs> 2011, Arson Radio. Yeah, we, uh, I met Jamie Dyer through a guy named John Wiggs, uh, you know, bass player. I jammed with him a few years ago. We did a, a cover thing. We were actually doing cover songs. Um, I was doing a, I met, uh, John Wiggs was actually in a band, man, back in the 80s. They played at the White House and Niles, and there's a lot of history there and that. But um, John Wiggs is a great bass player, incredible guy. But he, uh, he introduced me to Jamie Dyer we were doing a cover band. Once Jamie found out I did originals, he's like, hey, he had the same kind of studio I got here. You know? He goes, why don't you come to my house, man? We'll record some of your songs. I'm like, what do you mean? Like on a tape recorder or something? <laughs> Dude, he blew my mind. First night, go there. We take, we recorded three songs with drums, bass, guitar, everything. He introduced me to the program drums. Right, Arsenal Radio started out just like my Jamie Bostell stuff. The So Help Me God program drums, yeah. Sick of This program drums. Shit's amazing, man. Yeah, and it it's sounds gotten better. Too. It's gotten way better since 2011. You know, I remember sitting back watching Jamie going, God, man, that looks fucking technical <laughs> as shit. I don't know if I could do that, you know, but I'd like to start recording. Something in my head was like, record, 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 <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, Jamie and I recorded a bunch of songs, and we had no band. It was just Jamie and me. Jamie did the bass. I would write the songs. I'd bring it to him. Like I said, I wasn't that great a guitar player. And I'd be like, hey, man. And that's the thing. You know, what some of these musicians can learn from me, if you're listening, don't have so much pride that you have to do everything. There are people on this earth that are better at things than you are. And if for they sure. are, let them have it. You know, like for me, at the time, I'm a better guitar player now. <laughs> then I sucked, you know. But I could write a song. I could structure a song. And I gave Jamie, here you go, Jamie, do this for me. And he did the guitars, he did the bass, programmed the drums, and I sang. And I heard my songs that I wrote, my ideas that I came up in my head professionally produced and everything. I was like, 
holy shit, wow, I'm never looking back, you know? Yeah, it's, it's about knowing your strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, man, Next thing, and admitting to yourself, there is nothing wrong with saying, hey, this guy's better at this than I am. Utilize it. Yeah. That's what God put him on this earth for, man. You yeah. know, and I do that with Jamie. Jamie's incredible, incredible musician. You know, uh, for those who don't know, you know, he's not out there much because he's very, uh, he's very picky, and he's very, he's very professional about what he wants. You know, and I learned, you know, everybody I've ever met in my life that I have played with, you know. I have become who I am because every piece of that person is in me now. If I sure. entered with any of these people with closed mind, you ain't going to learn shit. You're not going to do anything either. If your ego is bigger than they are, then you're never going to learn, man. You know? And that's Jamie Bostel boot camp for you, people. <laughs> yeah, for anyone listening, there you go. It's the truth, though. No, it, it very much is. I mean... But, Jamie, Arson Radio, we had a band. We we put it together. We got excited. We're like, all right, let's grab this guy. Grab this guy. Grab this guy. All right, you're not going to play guitar. We're going to have you just sing with me, right? I was like, okay, that's fine. I did whatever. You know, we had a better guitar player. We were badass, you know? But the economy, man, seriously, what had happened with Arson Radio, I'm not going to blame any of them. It was a very tough time. The economic, the economy was crushing us, man. There was pressure on my end. Like, what, what do I do? I lost my home. I lost my car. But yet I have this awesome band. What do I do? I got to get my shit together before I have an awesome band. My opinion, nobody should be in a band unless you got your shit together. And how do I know that? I learned it by giving up. You know, having an awesome band, but not having my personal shit together. I, I, I don't know if I'm getting too deep here, but that's what happened. Yeah, that's why some Radio ended. You know, and Jamie and I had talked through the years. You know, I was like, you know, because he's very particular. Like I said, Jamie's a badass. And you need a badass drummer and a badass bass player to keep up with Jamie. That's all there is to it. They're hard to find. I'm not saying, I know I know some, you know, but there are some that, you know, want paid or, you know, or I don't know. They just, or they're not into a leader like Jamie is. I will say, Jamie Dyer knows his shit, you know. If he comes in a room, he's prepared. He's got his shit. He's ready to throw down. And you better be if you play with him. That's all there is to it. You know, and he learned, you know, when, when I, you know, we didn't speak for like nine years, you know, I shouldn't say that actually, he came to me when I was in blind spot. He actually wanted to join blind spot, but I was like, well, rehearsals in Chicago, you know? yeah, that's, that's a little tough. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was tough for me, but I did it because I had already, I already had jumped into that lake. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, time Gotta to swim, swim dude. Yep. you know, I, I don't have a choice because I, I started something and it got to where I wanted and it was like, this is what I wanted. And I had to keep it going. It was hard. It wasn't easy. I yeah. spent a lot of money, a lot of sacrifice, but Arsenal Radio was an awesome band. I still love all those guys. Um, the, uh, basically what happened was that, that band was just crushed by the economy, dude. Yeah, I believe it. Bad time. It was just bad timing. And, uh, 
I started Blind Spot. Blind Spot kind of fizzled out because the drummer from Blind Spot ended up joining Enough's Enough. John, who I, you know, I told you John discovered me at the Phoenix. We started Praise of Fallen. Yep. I started with Praise of Fallen with John Stir. Blind Spot was falling apart, basically. You know, again, same problem. We had, we were fighting between what bass player we wanted. And we, we were getting ready to record a record at Stonecutter Records. And we had the deal of a lifetime, man. And uh, the deal was... You come here, because I practice every Friday from five, no joke, five, six o'clock at night, right? Till nine in the next morning. Oh. I will not wow. say what that was fueled by. <laughs> <laughs> I think people can have a few Not on my end. That's all I'm going to say, all right? But that was also the demise of that band, you know, because I will not play with people like that. You know, I wish the guy the best, you know, but I will not play with someone like that. Um, and Dan, the drummer, had joined Enough's Enough. I don't know if you know who that is. I do not know. They're around 80s, 80s hair okay. metal. They had two hits on the radio and stuff. They played Letterman and shit. But they're out there doing all the hair metal hits and stuff, whatever. Um, but he, he's playing Europe and all this shit, you know. Nice. They help a brother out, man. <laughs> What's up, Dan? If you hear me out there, you Dan, know. come on, Dan. Yeah, Dan, what's up? You know, Blind Spot was badass. We were working on a record, though, at Stonecutter. We had a deal of a lifetime. Um, and long story short, you know, somebody didn't show up the very first recording session to start on the record. And I was like, this is unprofessional. I don't want a part of this. And I got tired of driving to Chicago, spending my money, spending a lot of time. Yeah. With somebody who didn't take it as seriously as me, you know. I, so I just I I ended Blind Spot. And no problem saying that. And then Praise the Fallen. John had passed away. Uh, the guy who put the memorial together for John John Stir, he was like, "Hey man, I want you." To put a new Praise the Fallen together and play his memorial. Uh, um. But John, uh, John had passed away. There were a couple people there from the industry and stuff that saw us, and they're like, "These are really good songs." You know, I could see why John played with you, and he was like, "You need to keep us going." Well, Blind Spot fell apart, so I put Praise the Fallen back together in 2015 when I had my shit together. <laughs> yeah, and you can definitely tell. I mean, you know, the quality of music you guys have been working on, and you know, everything you do. Like you know, you're talking about uh, Jamie Dyer and his level of professionalism you can tell that in the music you can tell you guys know what you're doing and you're doing your best the funny thing is jamie tried playing with other people you know when i was out in north judson and played with other singers and he was like man nobody he goes for instance you tell me you know hey you're off you know you're off the click you use a click track when you record and yeah. it keeps time right he'll tell me hey man you're off the click on that you know and I don't get mad. I'll just be like, okay, I'll just do it again. You yeah. know? He was like, man, thank God for you, dude. He goes, the guys I worked with before, their egos were so big. Like, no, 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 no. I know that's good. I know I'm good on that. No, you're not, man. That's what I'm talking about, about pride and ego and all that. And there are some people out there think that I'm like that. But you are so wrong. <laughs> yeah, for everybody out there listening. But, I, I mean... 
you, there's always room for improvement. No matter who you are, there's always room for improvement and to do better. Yeah, man. Uh, like I had said earlier, if somebody knows more than you, learn from it. Don't step back from it and let your ego get in the way of what you can learn for yourself. Yeah, and that 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 just doesn't apply to music too. That applies you know, to in life, life everything, man. everything you try in life. Yeah, and I've learned a lot through mistakes in myself. You know, I, but I have become who I am because I have no problem taking criticism. You know. I have no problem putting it out there. Hey, man, I fucked up, or you know, I did this wrong, or I shouldn't have done that. You know, I I have no problem admitting when I'm wrong. There are a lot of people out there that, <laughs> that are wrong yep. about me as well. So. <clears throat> All right. All right. Well, thank you so much for actually hanging out here. Sorry, we had some technical difficulties with our first interview, but now it's we right, we did here. You know, thank you for having me show up here. And uh, so you got praise the falling. I take the stage 5 p.m. Smokestack Brew, there we go, for Rock the Pantry. So, um, what? any surprises in store for this show, or are you just going to show up and melt We're some gonna faces? We're going to play a new song. All right. We are going to play a new song. Actually, the song was written in 1993. I was in a band called Rainbow Fall in 1993 with my buds out in Northwoods, Indiana. I'm actually originally from Chesterton, Indiana. And, uh, man, I love those guys, man. We had a band called Rainbow Fall, and it was an awesome time. But there was a song that always stuck with me. It's one of those things where when you're young, like I said earlier, you know, all you youngins out there, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not old, but I'm just saying the younger generation out there who's angry and that it will subside, you know, you'll realize it like, wow, you know, I was so mad, you know, but out of that anger, you know, I, I never knew my dad. My dad wasn't in my life. I grew up with violent stepdads. And uh, I grew up in a rough home. I mean, my mom is great. You know, but the fathers I had were not so great. Um, <clears throat> they were not at all. I went through a lot. People don't know. I don't talk about it. I don't put it out there. Um, I guess I am now. <laughs> but uh, bit, yeah. I wrote Hollow Man not even knowing who my father was. I had never even met him yet. And I wrote this song about, you know, the stories I had heard about my real father. And the song is called, it's called Hollow Man. And I always had liked that song. It was one of the, probably, one of the best lyrically songs that I've written. It just stuck with me. All these years, out of all the songs that I've written, well, Praise the Fallen did a show in Valparaiso, a place called Duffy's. And I ran into my boys that were in Rainbow Fall. And I was like, man, and we always talk about every time we run into each other, dude, we should go in a studio, man. And we should redo, because you're a better singer now, we should redo the Rainbow Fall stuff. I'm like, dude, I'm down. Let's do it. Yeah. Right? You know, no offense to those guys or anything. I get a little impatient. It's like, when are we going to do this? Because... I really, I said, out of all the songs, I don't care. The other ones are good too, but out of all the songs that I want to do, I said, let's just go do Hollow Man, man. That song, you know, was just one of those songs that stuck with me throughout my whole life. Since I was, what? I wrote that song when I was 22. And that song has just stuck with me since then. You know, I came up with the word insidious and didn't even know what it meant. It just came to me when... 
you know, when you're jamming in a garage and they got the music and you just start mumbling words out. Yeah. And I just wrote the lyrics out and Insidious came out. And then I looked up the definition. I was like, holy shit. It's like perfect for what I, what I was saying. And I didn't even know what Insidious meant. It's kind of weird. That's actually that really happened. cool. Kind of weird how that happened, yeah. you know? But Hollow Man, uh, there was always an attachment to that song. And I was like, I don't know. I asked the guys about it. And during COVID, actually, when I was uh, working on an acoustic set for the Facebook Live thing, yeah. I was like, man, I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking do Hollow Man, you know? And I came up with my own way to do it. I brought it to the guys in PTF. And I said, hey, I said, got this song that I've always loved. What do you guys think about doing this? I told them it was from my old band, and they love it, man. You so, know? So, um, so we're going to be debuting that song. We're debuting that song Saturday. So this is the first time you're playing it as a band? Yeah, and I can't wait to record it. Um, I asked the band members from my past band for anybody who wants to talk shit. Um, I asked all the band members from Rainbow Fall if it was all right if Praise the Fallen did it. And they said, dude, hell yeah. You know, uh, that's what people don't know is uh, I'm friends with I'm friends with a lot of my past band members, except for certain people, you know, <clears throat> right on. there's a few few here and anybody who's in the scene knows who they are. <laughs> oh, I got you, man. So, uh, so what can uh, so one one last thing before we go? Um, what can people expect from Praise the Fallen in 2020? Well, we were doing festivals this summer, so we were you know stepping up from from bars. You know, we're grateful for all the places we play, but I looked at it as like, you know, cool. We're getting because like in July, if I can tell any bands out there anything, I learned. Like I said, I learned from my mistakes, man. You don't want to play bars in July. People are outside. Yeah, you know? Makes sense. Summer is made for festivals. Get on festivals. You know, I was so... I don't know how it happened. Well, this is how it happened. We played Custer Fair in Illinois. Well, another festival heard about us at this fair festival. And then this festival wants this at this festival. You know? It's all connections. Next thing you know, you're actually able to tell these people, Hey, yeah, we'll play your festival, but we want this much. And they'll actually pay you. What? What? Yeah, you know? So this summer was a breakout, going to be a breakout summer for us. And I, I feel from the bars to the festivals, from festivals to maybe national attention, you know, that is definitely our goal. Our goal is to be as big as we can be and still fulfill the responsibilities. As you see, I got a house. You know, I've got a wife, I've got dogs. <laughs> yeah, you got to make sure your stuff's, you know, together too on your personal I've side. always been that way. I've always been like, I've been offered deals. I've been, hey, man, I'm going to get in this van and eat sandwiches. And, well, man, I got to pay my child support. I got to pay my rent. Am I going to make enough? No. Well, you going to have to wait that one out. Sorry. You yeah. know, for all you dreamers out there, that's a reality check. You know, I'm just telling you. You can learn a lot from a Jamie. <laughs> I, think, I think we have during this interview. Uh, so, hey, thank, thank you for inviting me to your house. Hey, man, no problem. We got Rock the Pantry. It's going to be at Smokestack Brew. It's this Saturday, June 20th. The doors open at 2. The music starts at 2.30. at 5th and 6th, kicking it off. I'm going to be the host. They're an awesome band. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I've listened to them. They actually sent me tracks. So. I have seen so many good bands through the years. 
You know, I feel like I've been here a long time. I tried to leave and I've still, you know, still here. I've, I've been here and I've seen so many bands, so many good bands break up because they didn't think outside the box. They didn't get out of the area. They, you know, a lot of the bands, I think that's a big part of it. They cave into, well, there's only a couple of places we can play here. What are we doing? You know, Yeah. you, you make a record. You use that record as a vehicle to get you somewhere. That's what you do with it. You know, you don't just play your local bars and, you know, and if you got anybody in your band that's comfortable like that, kick him in the ass. Get out of town and see what your band's made of, you know? Fifth and Sixth got some great music. Some great music. I, I don't know who this... Uh, Vaz band is? But yeah, they're um, they're out of uh, Buchanan. I, I don't, oh, really? Yeah. That's all I really know about them. Uh, but we're going to find out on Saturday. They sound pretty decent. The singer's got a good voice. From what I, They kind of remind me of Pearl Jam. They kind of got a uh, Pearl Jam. Yeah. Thing. I made that video where yep. I put all the bands in it and stuff. You know, Christy Wright's got a pretty good voice. And then Ignescent. Yep, out of Chicago, yeah. I guess they've been around since 2009. Yes, yeah, actually. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I never even heard of these guys. You know, you know the funny part, uh, Hall and Larry, he actually, because he was looking for a female-fronted band. And uh, so he's like, you know, like, this band fell through, this band fell through, this band fell through. I was like, hey, uh, you know, can you contact me? I was like, hey, uh, check out Ignescent, man. And he did, and they're going to play, so. Oh, you knew who they were? Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, I, I told uh, Hall and Larry you should contact them. Yeah, um, I had never heard of them. But you know what? Like I said, I had a taste of Chicago in 2013, 14. And at the time, rock wasn't happening out there, man. It was all... I thought going to Chicago was the answer. But I had learned, man, it was a lot of folk music. A lot of like Mumford and Son sounding stuff. Yeah. And then uh, everybody was like... It seemed like... Because I practiced in one of those studios where the, each room was a different band. Yep. It seems like the trippier, the better, man. The weirder, the better. That's what it came off in, in a lot of the yeah. in Chicago. is like, you know, wow, that's, that's interesting, but where's your hook? Where's your chorus? You know, I... You know, we had played a place called Martyrs in Chicago. And I remember Danny was like, man, they're not going to like us, man, because, you know, we're a rock band. I was like, we'll see about that, you know. Blind Spot killed it, dude. And he was like, man, you see those people there singing our songs? I'm like, well, if you know how to write hooks, they do. Yeah. You know, so there were bands out in Chicago that were, uh, I'm not biting on anybody. Everybody's trying to do something different. Yeah. You know, sometimes simple is best, man. Um, but... It seemed like at the time it was all like that studio where I rehearsed. There were a lot of hip hop artists, man. A lot yeah, of hip hop artists. Um, There's some industrial artists, uh, and there were stoner rock <laughs> bands, and you know, but there wasn't any rock bands like mine. You know, like like commercially viable radio rock. Yeah. You know, and I admit it. That's what I write. You know, but there wasn't a lot of that in Chicago, so I thought, man. I'm going to hit hit it here because there isn't a lot of this here. Yeah. But, you know, I should have stayed out there longer and maybe that possibly would have happened. But then you wouldn't be here. You, know, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing now. There is more there is more rock here than there was out there. I, I believe. It. I mean, I saw a lot of cover bands in Chicago. Mm -hmm. uh, not like me going to shows, but just, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a the lot Oscars, of cover. There's a lot of tribute bands. Yep. You know, and there's some great ones. You know, I've got yeah. some buddies that were actually in a national band called No One. 
that yeah, you told me about them. Yep. They started a Guns N' Roses tribute band. It is fantastic, man. You know, um, those guys are great. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> so, hey, um, no, thank you for hanging out with me. Uh, we got Praise the Fallen on Safe Stage, 5 p.m. Smokestack Brew this Saturday, June 20th for Rock the Pantry. Doors open at 2. Show starts at 2.30. That's right. It's all ages till 9. Yes. And then so, have- anybody out there saying, I can't, I got my kids. No excuse. Not an excuse. Till nine, you can bring your kids. So, Chuck right Roxy's closing out the night for the girls that want to dance. And I know my wife likes to dance. <laughs> we'll see if she wants to stay all night. Yeah, yeah, there's so it's gonna be an all-day event. Seven and, bands, man. Yes, and it, it there's a little bit of something for everybody there. Like I said, I guess there was 120 plus people this last Sunday. That's what I heard. On yeah. On Sunday. Yeah. So. I this show's on Saturday, so I'm excited to go. I am too, especially, I mean, I'm the host. Have to be. <laughs> hey, thank you, Jim, Jimmy Mostel, for inviting me to your home for this killer interview. No problem, dude. From man of Praise the Fallen, Arson Radio, and Jamie the Artist, um, Jamie Mostel Rock Music. I'm doing a lot. <laughs> hey, and we love you for it. Hey, man, you know, do all you can before your time passes, you know? That's, that's right. That's my whole theory on that i'm not trying to show off or anything it's just different sides of me that i want to show people that's all and i i I dig it all man thank you so much yeah man no problem